0: Mark's just hurt my knee, everyone. <laughs> not, bad, not on purpose. Just saying. You've kneed my knee and it's was, got a bruise. I, I was turning around
1: to face each other on the sofa. Yes. You, you don't know if it's got a bruise. I,
0: I can feel it coming through now, through my pyjamas. Sorry,
1: right, because you never wear shorts or anything.
0: Oh, stop it. It was cold today, everyone, <laughs> and I said to Mark, maybe he shouldn't wear the shorts he was wearing. Maybe he should put some trousers on. <laughs> because that's like a caring thing to say to someone when it's cold outside and it was going to rain and it did rain Mm. it did yes and it was very windy and you seem to suggest that that was a ridiculous thing to say to you yeah yeah i mean
1: i'm not gonna get a cold of the calf am i
0: you might it'll travel up your leg and into the rest of you
1: that that happens. Like
0: like the wind, it'll just go up the side of one of them. That definitely happens. Yeah. the opening, and, yeah. and then you, it'll get to your chest, and then we'll get a cold, and we don't need one of those at the moment.
1: We've already got one anyway, so <laughs> it's fine. We have a child now, and that appears to be, mean that you have the sniffles for... Eternity. Ten months of the year.
0: Yeah.
1: Just in the background, just, just enough to piss you off.
0: My leg still hurts, by the way.
1: I'm very sorry. (laughs) Do you you want me to call an ambulance? (laughs) No. Well, are we full of banter tonight?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's all I've really got is my leg hurts. My tummy hurts as well because I did exercise yesterday. So all the muscles in my stomach that haven't been utilised for 16 months plus are, are now waking. So yeah, we've got really nothing more than that at the minute than... Sony, don't wear shorts to go outside when it's cold, and exercise makes you hurt.
1: This one isn't going to be one that we submit for the national podcast awards, is it?
0: No, Mark, it isn't. (laughs) It certainly isn't.
1: Should we get on to what we've been watching? Because we've actually been watching quite a bit.
0: Yeah, let's let's do that before we lose everyone. (laughs) Watching television, watching television. Let's do Only Connect first because it's quite quick. And it's fun to do. And
1: it's my favourite TV show.
0: But it's it's also my favourite TV show, Mark. (laughs) So for anyone who doesn't know what Only Connect is, it is a devilishly difficult quiz show that used to be on BBC Two, didn't it?
1: It still is on BBC Two. Oh, is it? It Used to be on BBC Four.
0: (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, it's moved to BBC One, but I knew it moved somewhere, right? So previously on BBC Four, yeah, just keep laughing. I mean, I might
1: (laughs) be wrong. I might be wrong.
0: No, you're right. You are right. That's why I'm saying just keep laughing at me because I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. I'm I'm, I'm
1: second guessing myself now. Is no, no, B- you're
0: right. It's BBC2. Okay. It is BBC. Of course it is. It's not BBC it's not be BBC1 because it's for it's for different people, I think. I think this is a, a a cult favorite.
1: Yes. I think it it's people who it's for people who were previous on the University Challenge. It's thinking outside the box. It is yeah. So should we just explain how the rounds work?
0: Oh well, it's... I mean you can, darling, <laughs> because I don't even understand how the rounds work most of the time.
1: <laughs> so it's all based around connections. So there there are four boxes, and they reveal clues in those four boxes one at a time. You have a minute, and you can control when you see the next box. So
0: you can shout next, please. Yeah,
1: and the in those four boxes in the first round will be four things that have a connection. Mm-hmm. So. For example, the first, one of the ones this week was a drug smuggling in New Zealand. The next one was Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant. The next one was sweets in Mexican tradition. And the fourth one was Greeks to enter Troy. Mm-hmm. And the answer is, they were all hidden inside of horses. Yes. Sometimes you get things like, well, the the first letters of which all correspond with days of the week oh. or, yeah. Um, or
0: Greek alphabet or math- mathematics that make absolutely no sense to me whatsoever, so I just turn off at that point. I don't even try.
1: Yeah, because one of the, one of the next questions was um, to report on non-urgent crime equals two, uh, EU emergency services equals four, and... Um, <sighs> Speaking clock equals six. And then you've lost me now, UK okay. emergency services equals twenty seven. <laughs> but you know what the answer yeah, is. I do, but
0: it's just it's, it's a lot of lateral things. And it's I'm the saying. sum
1: of the phone numbers. So one oh one is the UK non emergency police number, so one plus zero plus one equals two. Nine 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 is UK emergency number, so nine plus nine plus nine equals twenty seven, for example it is one of the most addictive because they get sequences as well mm. um there are musical clues there are picture clues
0: and then the one of the the later rounds is the wall where yeah. it's just a, a, a wall full of clues and you have to match the connections looking at this this wall is it sort of four by four
1: yeah it's four by four yeah yeah
0: um which we we actually do not too badly with that. I think I think we're quite good mm. at just looking at a load of words and trying mm. to find a connection with them in this in this table. Essentially. But some
1: of them overlap. So for yeah. example, you could have if there was say if the groups on the wall were herbs mm-hmm. and characters of in Faulty Towers. Yes. you would have basil in there, and you wouldn't quite know which one, which he'd fit one he in would fit into. Yeah. yeah, Oh,
0: that's very. Glamour. I'm very glad I figured wow, that one out on there. Uh... I'm really <laughs> and then the last round is like the missing vowels, isn't it? So you yeah. see all the consonants and, and that's a quick fire round. So I, I quite like that one. I
1: think that's the least exciting of the rounds. Uh,
0: you don't necessarily join in with that one as much as I do. I think I do. <laughs> Alright. Uh, I think I do. <laughs> yeah, so it's Presented by Victoria Cora Mitchell, who is beautifully sardonic all the way through. She knows what that show is. That's completely her show. She's been doing it for 16 series now. Wow. She loves the people on it. You can see she's got a real soft spot for many of the contestants. Yes.
1: Because they are deliciously socially awkward a lot of the time. There was one person a couple of years ago. I can't remember what his name was, but I remember him getting just this impossible... like. Word anagram thing
0: was it Frank Frank Paul No no
1: no no because I do remember a lot of Frank Paul was yeah Um, probably softly spoken I can't remember what his name was but I remember him saying "I, I I love word puzzles and. Victoria Curran was tweeting on about him for a long time, like yeah, he's one of he's my favourite contestants. Favorites. But then we've seen some of the contestants come on to other things yeah, as well. And it's really. Last Mind. Well, yeah, you
0: see them and you think, where do I know them from? I know them. And then they're from, from Only Connect. Hmm. I wanted to read out, sorry, you're looking at me because I've got my laptop open. I wanted to read out something that Stuart Heritage um, of The Guardian um, wrote back in 2016. I think okay, I yeah. Yes, it was. Good. Well done, me. Because I thought it really summed up exactly what I wanted to say about the show. And Stuart Heritage one of my favourite writers anyway on, on television, so he's really good. But he says, Only Connect is a show for people who don't usually get to appear on TV. It's for the nervous and ungainly, for people who've never quite managed to fit in. It's for shy glances and problem hair. It's a safe space where a specifically talented group of people get a show off in their own understated way for an audience of their peers. And this is what makes it so brilliant. And that, I think, just completely sums up what I want to say about that. Totally, yeah. yeah.
1: Like, when you watch it for the first time, you will not get any of the answers. No. Probably. I mean, like, you might get lucky on one or two. You might. Yeah. (laughs) But the weird thing is, when you've watched it for a while, you understand how the questioners write their questions. So you know when you see a number, it's probably nothing to do with numbers. It's probably something to do with how many teaser in the day of the week or something like that
0: yeah or it's a scrabble thing yeah yeah it's there are there are things that come up time and time again Mm. you get to but i think it's not just the question i think it's the people i think it is that bit about these are people you don't normally get to see on tv and they get to be really brilliant and like Stuart heritage says they're not overly confident they're not like yeah. arrogant they're doing it in a really understated way mm. because it's fun and they, yeah. they're having fun you can see they're really having a good time because this is what they love they love to do yeah so it's a real favorite of, of ours i think i'm really glad that it's back on they've <laughs> done it in a um very covid friendly way they've got perspex screens up between the contestants yes. and they've clearly put a lot of thought into how mm. they're they're, they're going to carry it carry it out. So it's nice to see it back because a lot of things haven't been able yeah. to come back. I'm putting my laptop away now. Oh,
1: good, good. <laughs> I haven't got now. any more
0: notes. It's all right. <laughs> Speaking of things that are back, even though you might have thought that the pandemic might have meant that they can't be on TV, Bake Off's back. It is. Oh, that's a big pause. No, know, no,
1: no, no. No, I, I was waiting for you to... Right.
0: I thought you were going to say something like, I hate it. Or no, something like that.
1: absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. I'm so happy to see it back. Good, good. It's not good for my calorie intake mm. because I think we immediately reach for the sweets or, yeah, and I think you said during it about three times, we need to get some cake in for next week.
0: Well, we did, we not, last year, um, this is the Great British Bake Off, everyone, by the way.
1: Or in America, the Great British Bake, the Great British Baking Show.
0: Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, okay. But like last year when we watched it, we, I think specifically, <laughs> went and got cake for that that particular moment in the week, and I felt that we were bereft of cake <laughs> during the Great <laughs> British Bake It's really funny though, isn't it? Because when I'm always thinking of cake, but it's often like baking week in terms of like bread or pastries, and I don't think, oh, I should go out and just get a loaf of sourdough to eat on an evening. It's always cake.
1: I May mean, I'd be happy with sourdough. Yeah, or well, you'd cake. be happy with pastries. I definitely would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah, it's back.
1: I don't think we need to say much about it, do we? It's like, everyone knows Bake Off.
0: Yeah, and it's exactly the same thing. The tent's a bit bigger, they're mm. spaced out, but because they've all been No, they're not isolated, spaced out. I think, they're, I think it's a bit bigger, the spacing. Okay. I know what you're going to say, they don't need to be spaced out, because they've been in a bubble... Yes. ...during the time that the show's been filmed. So mm. everyone, contestants, crew presenters have all been in a i i suspect they've put them in a hotel somewhere all together and that's how they've how they've done it it's going to be
1: difficult because presumably in previous years they were able to go away and pr- know what the next week was going to be and practice their recipes yes. for things if they're in a hotel they're not going to be able to do that oh
0: that's a good point so maybe they're in like some sort of i was supposed to say b&b and i don't <laughs> But you know what I mean, like Like somewhere where they they could, yeah, where they could utilize, and maybe they were bringing them ingredients and things like that. Maybe yeah, to to, because they have. I mean, they're so, um, what's word I'm looking for? Detailed and intricate the Mm. the bakes that they're making. They couldn't possibly just like whip that up on on the day.
1: No, no, you're right. I mean, (laughs) there were some really terrible cakes this week.
0: But I like that. I think last year I fell a little bit out of love with Bake Off because I felt that we had reached the zenith of let's do the most complicated bake you can possibly imagine. Let's do the most out there bakes that we've never heard of. I just like it when they do a dodgy cake. Let's just do a cake that goes a bit wrong.
1: That looks like Tom DeLong. Yeah, well,
0: my favourite bit was when everyone's... There's this part in the week where... Um, part in the week? Yeah, so this week, they had to do these busts, in inverted commas, because <laughs> everyone loves a double entendre, don't they? So it's just a cake of uh, the shoulders and the head of someone, like, who you admired.
1: Who you admired, yeah. Yeah, celebrities that you admired. Like,
0: your favourite person. Mm. Like, someone did David Attenborough. Oh, there's um, Freddie Mercury.
1: Freddie Mercury. Uh,
0: was someone doing David Bowie? Oh, yes, Charles yes, Darwin. He did the big, yeah, the big... Bob Marley.
1: Yeah. Someone really missed out a chance of doing a, um, <laughs> a Lionel Richie based on the Hello video. That
0: would have been brilliant.
1: One of the presenters came up to a guy who clearly is used to be a rocker back in the day but has now probably got a quite professional job and so has covered up his tats and taken out his, um, his ear yes. separators. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like, who are you doing? Oh, Tom DeLonge. And people are like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know that. Is. Oh, it's
0: just, yeah. So it's clearly your like just totally not even saying anything. I'm to it. check. It is
1: Blink One Eight Two, isn't it? it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it is. Was he the one who was in Boxcar Racer as yeah. well? Yeah. Oh,
0: well done. Mm. That's really good. Well done. Your knowledge of post. Pop punk, is that what we called it at the time? Yeah, pop I, punk. Yeah, I, I, bought very the, good.
1: I bought the Boxcar Racer album. So did I? Purely based on the thing of There Is.
0: Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. It's best song on the album. Which was
1: the only good song on the album. Yeah,
0: no, I thought that was an alright album, but it's definitely the best song on the album. Mm. But I love Blink 182. It was right in my wheelhouse when I was at that age.
1: Who was the one?
0: Mark Hoppus. Is did the he other one. do
1: Angels and Airwaves?
0: Oh, I think he did. I think he went on to do Angels and Airwaves. And then. The drummer who was mm. then in a, he was in like an aeroplane accident. I think someone might have passed away as well. I, I think it was a really don't, tragic don't. accident. I think he was in another band as well.
1: Angels and Airwaves got booed off stage when we went to see the Foo Fighters and the Strokes at Old Trafford.
0: I, the, I com- could be completely wrong on this, and sorry to everyone who's a really big fan of this genre of music. But I have a feeling that "Angels on Airways" was actually Mark Hoppus and Tom DeLonge. I've just got a really weird feeling that they got together for that band.
1: Nah, but no, no. no, it was one or the other.
0: Okay. Anyway, Tom DeLonge, bust of him. They couldn't really say whether it looked like him or not. So that was fun. But a nice little, like, look. There's like connections for us in in uh, Bake Off, which is quite. What's nice. the connection? Well, I mean, like, things that are a bit more Well Where one of the four people in the UK our, know Tom DeLong is. Something is, it's not like, like, David Attenborough, great, but he's not really, like, our era, into, like, our pop culture era. Whereas when someone does a Tom DeLong, you know, it's like someone doing, like, Tim Wheeler. Like, that's what I would do. You <laughs> know, a bust of Tim Wheeler. A bust of Charlotte Hatherley. Like, that's like a bust of Rick Witter. That's what I'd be doing. Like, who's your favourite person? Who's the person that like inspires you the most?
1: Can I do a bust of Kimberly from Girls Allowed?
0: Oh, Mark, I'm sure you can. Well, go on, carry on. We need a cake for next week.
1: <laughs> that, yeah, that'll I'll be do. fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Bake Off back. But one thing before we move on, because I don't think there's much to say about Bake Off other than the cast that they've got this this year seem lovely as always and they're a lovely cast of characters all different people and i i will enjoy getting to know them i prefer it when a do. baddie
1: comes out of it <laughs> like baddie? someone who wins like star baker for the first couple of weeks looks really pissed off when the third week when someone else does it and you're like yeah 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 you'll learn and then he's out by week six
0: okay now that you've finished yeah um what are we thinking about matt lucas because he's-, he's taken over from sandy Toxvig?
1: i was unsure when he was announced um, I love Matt Lucas. Mm. Uh, everything. Little Britain hasn't aged too well, has mm. it? But everything from the original Shooting Stars to oh, I love him. Um, rock profiles he's that he did a with baby. Mark Williams that used to be on the UK Player.
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: I love him in this. I think he is just the right side of whimsy, to, but not as whimsy as. Um, no fielding. No fielding. Thank you. Did you see the panic look in my yeah, eyes? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> Yeah, not as whimsy as no fielding, but just the perfect foil. And he seems—he seems just like a nice bloke. Oh, who... that's
0: totally what I was thinking as well. Like he's—he just seems genuinely mm. like he—he does gentle ribbon, doesn't yeah. he? When things are good, I think he's really good at taking the anxiety out of it. Yeah. And there was one girl who I haven't learned all the people yet there was one girl who was like giving him a bit of wit back and he was it yeah. was really bouncing off her and actually mm. they were being really clever mm. together and I thought oh this is amazing he's got someone to to really bounce off here he just seems like such a genuinely lovely guy and mm. I followed him quite a bit during the um the first lockdown because I think he was shielding as well and he was doing the like the potato song that yes. i think you got sick of because i just kept showing you the video over and over again mm. um, but yeah the potato song and then that became like a chart hit which is <laughs> you know brilliant i think it raised a lot of money for for charities so really really love him my my only thing and i know this is totally on brand for me right but my only thing is i i wish there was more diversity in the um the presenting team I, it's three, it's three white blokes and a white woman. And it, whilst the programme goes to great lengths to show you the breadth and depth of Britain mm. in the contestants, we're not doing the same in our presenters. I'm not going to bang on about it too much because I know, you know, you know my feelings on this. But it is, it is a bit of a shame. It is a bit of a shame.
1: I can understand that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is. And yes.
0: it's not to take it away from him mm. or anyone else who's involved. It's just I, I hope there's some thought put into it in the future if someone else leaves.
1: Yeah, okay, I, I That's can understand all that. All I want to say yeah. on, on that. It, it's one of double edged swords because he does seem to be the perfect appointment. Mm. But yes, I yeah, fully yeah, appreciate yeah. your. Yeah,
0: your and it's not not to yeah. take anything away from him whatsoever. Mm. Um, it's just. An observation. Yeah. What's next? Well,
1: I have been watching on... I've started watching on the back of its Emmy clean sweep. Mm. Shit's Creek. Yes. Did you know anything about this before? No. Because I've been hearing that this is something really worth watching for the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, so have I. I've heard it, especially in the American podcasts that we listen to, Mm. the ones that talk about TV and film... Yeah, I'd, I'd heard it, but I have a tin ear for comedy. I oh, heard, you,
1: you wouldn't watch this ever. <laughs> like,
0: and I just knew it wouldn't be for me. Hmm. However, since it had this, like you say, a clean sweep at the Emmys, I think it's the most... I think someone was saying the other day. It was one of the podcasts we listened to. Was saying that it was it swept the board a bit like English Patient did at the Oscars. It's done the best that anyone's ever done at the Emmys. So
1: in the comedy awards, it won best comedy program, best actor, best actress, best supporting actor, best supporting actress, Mm. which is some achievement, you know. Like Hamilton didn't do that at the the Tonys. So yeah, it really is pretty special. So I started watching this. It's on Netflix, the entire series. Uh, so I thought I'd check it out because I've got a kind of hull of comedy that I'm watching at the minute. Um, I, it's all right. It's, do you know anything about it?
0: I know from coming downstairs to <laughs> take over parental duties mm. when we're up ludicrously early in the morning and you're watching it. It's got Eugene Levy in... Yes. Does it have his son in? Have I picked that up as well? Is there another Levy in there?
1: It was created by his son, Dan Levy and then written by Dan and Eugene Levy and basically the whole premise of it is, um, Eugene Levy is the patriarch of a wealthy American family I don't even know what they were wealthy for Um, I know that his wife Catherine O'Hara is a former actress he owns some company and they have made They have been given bad advice by a tax advisor who has either advised them badly or run off with the money. It's not entirely clear at the minute. Um, so they have all their assets seized, and the only thing they are allowed is a town that they have bought for a laugh back in the day, but the the, but but they bought the the land for back in the day, which is called Shit's Creek.
0: Okay, so I thought it might be a play on words. Now you've told me about the premise yeah. of like up shit creek or well,
1: well yes that is yeah. the play on oh, words. Oh, right. okay but they are living in shits creek <laughs> nice. because that is one of the few assets that they own okay um so yeah eugene levy is uh the main it's johnny the patriarch of the family married and to Catherine o'hara eugene
0: levy obviously best known in my in my circle as uh jim's dad from yeah, american pie
1: american Pie, yeah. Dan Levy plays his son, David, and Annie Murphy plays their daughter, Alexis. Now I only knew Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, I didn't mm-hmm. know anyone else. The mayor of the town is played by Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott. From their son Mount Mary. Um he's the cameraman in Groundhog Day. He's oh, the best friend. Yes, he's Wiggy yes, in yes.
0: a... <laughs> Oh god, that's a blast from the past. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um and then there's other characters. It's a very backwards town, so it's definitely not what they're used to. They're in stay in a motel. Um the the receptionist at the hotel is played by Emily Hampshire. She seems like a really she, I've never seen her before, but you really um really Identify with her. She's just sort of looking at these idiots who are coming in, mm. asking where, if they can get a suite in the hotel. Is
0: she sort of meant to be our sort of our, our um, cipher? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's very gently funny so far. Okay. And I. So I'm halfway through the first series, mm. and it's alright. Like, there are funny jokes in it. I'm yet to see anything that makes this five. Pr- top Emmys, but I've heard plenty of people say, oh, you need to get through the first season. I've
0: heard this as well. And
1: then, and then it kicks on, which is what they say about Seinfeld, what they say about The Office, what they say about Parks and Recreation.
0: You've said that about something as oh, um, your favourite, Justified. Justified, yeah. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, Seinfeld, Office and Parks and Recreation, like one of the, like the three of the best comedies of the last 40 years. It, it i think when it's this sort of comedy where you identify with the characters so much you do just need to get to know them and it's mm. you it just need to put in the work to get to know them um so i'm looking forward to it it's it's all right uh i know that your friend julia's been asking
0: about it yeah yeah, yeah. julia ran with you the night and said what do you think of Shakespeare? <laughs> and i was like well mark will be talking about this on the on the podcast so there you go julia it's all right, is Mark's review. Very yeah. in-depth. It's yeah. all right.
1: It's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll finish the season and I'll come back. But yeah. Let us know what you think, June. Yeah. I've been... Well, I've not been to the cinema. No. But I've watched it's the film.
0: Times. Go on, then.
1: Should we... Should we cue <laughs> Alien Ants like now? Enola Holmes. Yes. Oh, you, you, you have no soul. <laughs> you,
0: you, you. I have taken against, I'm going to say this out loud. I was thinking about this today, about like how I could put this into the podcast without sounding like a complete idiot. But for some reason, I have taken against Inola Holmes. And it's like, you know, that thing that I do quite often where for for no Discernible reason whatsoever, I just decide I don't want to watch something. Yes. And that's what I've done with this. So, apologies in advance because I'm just going to have a small face on.
1: A small face? A
0: small face. <laughs> just like a. Hmm, Steve
1: Harriet, just uh, a. Face. Going to Witcher Goo Park. I don't.
0: Oh, is that like. Are you making a joke about the band? Yes. Okay, now I get it
1: so go on then. enola holmes right uh this is the latest film on netflix mm. it came out on thursday it's based on a series of young adult novels that were released in like the mid-2000s i think and it although it's a netflix movie it was originally planned to go into cinemas but covid happened so netflix bought the distribution rights to it um so it stars millie bobby brown
0: from stranger things
1: yeah Who, now you think about it, hasn't done, has not just gone and put her foot into films since she's been in um, Stranger Things. She's been in one other film.
0: It's Godzilla, King of the Monsters.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is better than that, but that's not hard. I like, I quite like that. Okay. Um, So, (laughs) this is the story of a fictionalised, obviously it's fictionalised because it's... it's... Well,
0: you never know, do you? (laughs) 22B Baker Street. Yeah. It's real.
1: So this is a reimagining of the Stranger...
0: Of the stranger...
1: I'll restart that. Yeah. Let me start again. This is a reimagining of the Sherlock Holmes story in which, when he is at the height of his powers and the most famous detective in Britain, mm-hmm. he has a 16-year-old sister. Okay. This sounds awful.
0: Yes. Yes, it does. That's why I've got an issue with it.
1: <laughs> but... It's actually had some quite good write-ups, so I thought I'd give it a go. Um, so, get the stars out of the way. So, Henry Cavill plays Sherlock Holmes.
0: Okay. that's. In- I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. Sam Claflin plays now.
1: Mycroft. Okay. okay. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter plays their mother, Eudora Holmes.
0: Oh.
1: And then, amongst the supporting cast, there is uh, Bern Gorman playing a Lovely. really nice character, not at all a baddie. No, of course I'm not. He's the baddie. <laughs> I was just
0: thinking, that's not what Ben Gorman does.
1: Uh, Adil Akhtar, that I've not seen for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, obviously quite famous in Utopia, yeah, which is yeah, in the news yeah. at the minute for a remake. Frances De La Torre turns up for a bit. Fiona Shaw turns up for a bit. It's
0: really oh, wow. good cast. It's a really yeah. good cast.
1: I was totally charmed by this. Oh, God. And you, and I'm pointing surprise? at you, oh, would that's a absolutely finger. love this, I think. Mm, all right. Um, I've kind of grown out of love with Millie Bobby Brown in the past two series of Stranger Things. I thought she was by far the worst thing in the last series. Um, her and Mikey's relationship just made absolutely boiled my piss. It really did. You they were a soulless man. They were annoying on screen. They're
0: meant to be. They're teenagers. They're teenagers in love.
1: They did not appear likeable in any way, whereas many of the other teenage characters did. Okay. So she's essentially playing a 16-year-old girl, which is exactly what she is. Mm-hmm. She is brilliant in this. Okay. She. This could be such a annoying characterisation. Right. Because Enola Holmes is 100%, and I'm going to use a, a literary term here, a Mary Sue. Okay. She can fight, she can solve crimes. And mm-hmm. for those you don't know, Mary Sue is a literary term that people use to describe a female character that can just do everything that when you wouldn't necessarily expect them to. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to explain how she's a master fighter and a master detective, as, as you probably expect them to. A lot of the narrative is told by her breaking the fourth wall and addressing the screen. Okay. And it's quite interesting that the director of this, uh, Harry Bradbeer, um, has previously directed episodes of Fleabag, which obviously gets by same by the thing. very same thing. Yeah. Um, this is shot beautifully. Apparently, it's shot around um, the school in Greenwich. You will tell me what it is.
0: Oh, the the music school. I think it's the music school in Greenwich. Yeah, where yeah.
1: they film everything. Yeah, they
0: film everything. Yeah, the, yeah. The you can, when you walk of... around there, when you walk around yeah. Greenwich, that, that specific bit of Greenwich, I can't think of what it is. It's where they film Lim is, um, and you you can walk around and you hear them playing their music from inside the. the We've beautiful... walked around it together. Yeah, haven't we, we, we. Have, It's yeah. lovely. What is it? It's the ro- is it like the Royal College? of... I should know this I'm because it's right next to the naval. The Naval Colleges. It
1: might be the Naval College. That well, that's what about I was at. thinking. Yeah, you're right. It's actually the Naval College. Yes. <laughs> so it's been made to look like Victorian and early 20th century London streets.
0: That makes sense. So and looking it, at the architecture. It's done
1: so well. This is surprisingly tough at parts. There are things that happen where I'm like, Christ, didn't expect that in... You wouldn't get this in Artemis Fowl. or um, <laughs> It's more Hunger Games than it is a lot of the other watered down young adult novels like mm. Percy Jackson, shall we say, mm. that you get okay. like the, the Harry Potter ripoffs yeah, yeah. you get. Um there are points where I'm like, oof, and it's a 12. It's rated a 12. Okay. So yeah, it is it's not for so it's not a
0: 12A or a PG, is it you you're just 12A well,
1: well, is a cinematic um
0: Oh of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is different isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah
1: it's definitely more 12 than it is PG. Mm. It charm throughout the storyline gets very political and something that you I think you would actually appreciate a lot storylines weave into each other um and then d- dispense and then come back together it's quite a complex plot for a young adult thing it's not just like she's got a mission where she needs to solve a crime okay um and, and You're there were points. Me now. yeah I think I think you would I know that you have Stand against it and me saying you would like it is literally the yeah, last thing is. that i could it's possibly true. do to get you to watch this knowing you yeah but i think you would get a lot of this it is i i'm so surprised at how good this is
0: and it, it's just a film so it's a one-off and how long was it
1: it's two hours oh, okay which yeah i mean i don't think any young adult film needs to be two hours there's a there's bits where you like they probably could move on with the storyline here, but yeah, it's there's okay. probably a couple of endings that you don't really need. Like it ends and then it ends again and then it ends again. Oh, a bit okay. of return of yeah, the king, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was totally charmed. I would give this four stars, and I was, Ow. I was so, I was so ready to.
0: Yeah, you would just tear this apart, And yeah. also, I mean, the best thing about it is you can go around the house all day singing Enola Gay," <gasps> which is just. My favourite thing to come out of this, because I was so turned against it, was that we were walking down the street going... Oh, I want to carry on, but I would.
1: Well, I was saying that, but then, since then, I've seen, turning back to a different review, I've seen Matt Lucas has tweeted a video of, I don't know what song it's from, what TV show it's from, but Michael Barrymore doing a cover of... I'll See You When You Get There by Coolia.
0: Wow.
1: Now we've got some competition for the theme to go out, haven't we?
0: Oh, I really don't want to play that. <laughs> I know what I'm going to be picking, and it's not going to be Barrymore. Let's just make that abundantly clear. So,
1: look, for teenagers, I think this is... Especially... You don't get a lot of films for, teen- for female teenagers that are beyond the oh he's so dreamy, mm. oh I want him to be my boyfriend. And mm. there's there's none of that. I mean there's a there's a male character her age where they have a connection but it's never sort of yeah. never sort of turns into a kissing thing or anything like yeah. that. It's a strong female character um, there is talk that they are planning on doing a sequel. Okay. Um. Obviously, there's a series of books. So, and if it's successful, of course, someone will throw money at them to do a sequel. And it might actually work in their favor. This being on Netflix because it'll be seen by so many people. Yes. That if this does become a franchise, they can t- they will have more power to sell it either to Netflix or have faith in it in the cinemas. Yeah. But yeah, for a film aimed at a thirteen-year-old <laughs> female, something I am not, never have been, and probably never will be, uh, I was I was utterly charmed by that. I
0: think you've got more teenage girl in you than you uh, you can imagine.
1: <laughs> it's really stylized as well. There is some really nice touches that just like the way that they just tell stories on screen. So that when they change, when she makes change the mind, they'll. Do visualization of her crossing out something on screen and then writing something different. Uh, isn't and...
0: that just very Sherlock? Isn't that what you know the the latest incarnation of Sherlock does? Because he's got his mind palace and things come up. Genuinely on the screen never seen them. And... Oh, of have it. you not? Right. Okay. Well, maybe they're riffing off that because but, that's well, what they do. When they they're... should
1: be. Okay. And do you know the legal troubles that this film's in?
0: No, I do not. Tell me more.
1: So, when we've mentioned legal works, uh, Elaine's excited. Yes,
0: I'm very excited.
1: So the estate.
0: Oh, the estate of...
1: Arthur Conan Doyle. Thank you. Could you cut with a little pause there where yeah. I was thinking of the name? No, I was
0: like just looking at you in fear of why can I not think of this.
1: Um, is Has launched action against Netflix. So the character of Sherlock Holmes is in the public domain now. Yes. However, what they're arguing is the portrayal by uh, Henry Cavill on... Cavill? Mm. Cavill? Superman. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, more reflects the later works, which were published in 1923 and 1926, and therefore would not be in the public domain because he is less kind of... Um, Sherlockian? Yeah, yeah. He's less emotionless, mm-hmm. certainly has more feelings and can identify with Enola uh, when he meets her. So, yeah, they're saying that he, he this... this this incarnation of him is not yet in the public domain um, and so oh, yeah
0: don't look at me I know you're gonna and over to you, and over to you. what do lawyer. you think about this <laughs> that's so interesting what an amazing case once that comes out I'll just hold my glass <laughs> you're looking at me because I've just tried to put my glass on the, on the sofa side of the sofa in a really bad way but um, yeah I, I well the lawyer in me says let's see how this case progresses because this is not something that I've come across before it's not It's not a cut and dry case it's not like oh you've taken something and you've stolen the copyright no so this is going to be a very interesting one as to whether a court would look at it and say well are you looking at the character as as created in this this time or are you looking at the character as created in this time and that's when the...
1: so by this logic I mean it's only a couple of about 40 years until we can all start writing James Bond books and uh <laughs> I can take my James Bond fan fiction and I mean, start a publishing lot of it. Things,
0: a lot of things are coming in, in, into the public domain, but a lot of things are being, they're finding loopholes to get them. Yeah, I think to Love Media went in. into
1: the public domain for about a week until they changed the law a couple of years back. Yes,
0: yeah. Hmm. Right, enough of intellectual property.
1: I would I would honestly say check it out when you Do have
0: i have some are you about to say when i have some time no when you just want something to watch
1: that's mindless but entertaining and okay. really well made okay um i would challenge you to do it for next week and tell me your thoughts okay not gonna happen challenge it? Not
0: accepted. it no. <laughs> i am busy <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm thrilled that you've managed to um use up so much time looking at the clock on Enola Holmes but I'm, I'm happy that you enjoyed it because I think you might have just shoved it on for something just to have it and...
1: was something to have on in the background whilst mm-hmm. nursing Blake this morning at mm. uh, 6 o'clock in the morning so really? yeah
0: great mm. well, that's that's all we've got for this week isn't it
1: yeah so we're back next Lovely. week with Elaine's uh, review of Enola Holmes no <laughs> and until then
0: enjoy yourselves. see you later have a lovely time enjoy yourselves where are you yeah. from and I'm gone. have a lovely time enjoy yourself <laughs> yeah it's later than you think and it's later it, oh that was that's going to be a terrible segue wasn't it I was going to go and it's late for us too
1: it's not really though we've done it quite early yeah I know yeah.
0: but it, oh, I'm very tired
1: <laughs> this has been one of the most shambolic podcasts we've ever done
0: no no there'll be much more, <laughs> this is much worse out there <laughs> Right, we're off now. We'll see you, we'll see you shortly.
1: Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Enjoy yourselves.
0: Enjoy yourselves. Before you go, just a reminder that you can subscribe to the Honeymoon Period Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts you can join in the conversation on facebook twitter and instagram just search for the honeymoon pod finally if you like this episode and you think someone else would too please share it see you next time